Welcome to Notes from the Field, presented by Canon Press and Noeo Science. For all your homeschool science needs, be sure to check out noeoscience.com. That's N-O-E-O science.com. N-O-E-O science.com. Gordon, it's good to be here with you. Good to be here, Will. And you've been on an epic adventure here, an expedition that I can't wait for you to unpack for us here quite a bit. Uh, yeah. You, you just went across the world. Yes, I did. To one of the premier wildlife observation destinations on the planet. Yes. It, oh. was, it was wonderful. Man. Uh, we flew to Kenya and we had about 10 days there and we were going to film for Riot in the Dance Africa. Yeah. So that was our objective. And we were hitting three areas, Amboseli National Park, which is on the southern border of Kenya next to Tanzania. And that is the park where you, um, all the best postcard pictures of Mount Kilimanjaro. Okay. So Kilimanjaro's in Tanzania, but the best photos are of that mountain are from Kenya and Amboseli. Gotcha. So no. Toto, so is that looking south? It's looking straight south. Gotcha. And um, so Toto is wrong, you know, in that song, Africa. <laughs> you know, it rises, Kilimanjaro rises like Olympus above the Serengeti. You can't, you can't even see Kilimanjaro from the Serengeti. <laughs> so you see it from Amboseli, but nobody knows what Amboseli. They didn't record that on site. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, most people haven't heard of Amboseli unless you're big into African safaris. Yeah, and um, so yeah. So we're talking, we're talking east, east central Africa is, uh, is Kenya's location. Is that the yeah, part of the world? Yeah, we're in? it's east central. It's on uh, the coast. Well, it on the yeah, Indian Ocean. On the Indian Ocean, yeah. And um, so I didn't see the ocean. We were we were in the Rift Valley, and um, the Great Rift Valley. Yeah. Uh. Or at least, actually, I'm not sure about Amboseli, but I know that the Maasai Mara, where we went last, we, well, from Amboseli, we spent a few days there and filmed, and then we went up to central Kenya and filmed in Lycipia, which was a, a private landholding cattle ranch that was a wildlife conservancy. Mm. So, it was great to see a privatized conservation effort. Absolutely. And so that was great. It was higher in elevation. It was 6,000 feet, whereas mm. Amboseli was 3,500 roughly. And um, yeah, it, so, was, it was great. So we're well All within of, the tropics here. Yeah, we're we were right pretty much on the equator, a okay. little south of the equator in Amboseli. Then we flew a little north of the equator to Lake Kipia at, at 6,000 feet and filmed a lot of the same animals, but some different. So we filmed a uh, lion and elephant and giraffe, lots of gazelles and antelopes. So this really is the, the Great Plains of, of Africa. The savannah. And, so yeah, it's, so it's tell grass, us about the ecosystem. Yeah, the grassland. With every grassland, you're going you're gonna to have lots of forbs, which are herbaceous flowering plants. You're going to have trees, but the trees are, well, there's, there are forests in areas. There are other trees, but they 
predominant tree is the acacia, the famous acacia. But it's not just one acacia tree. There's uh, quite a few different species of acacia. There's uh, yellow bark acacia and there's umbrella acacia, flat-topped acacia, a number of others, quite a few. Mm -hmm. And uh, that is sort of a very keystone tree in the savannah with a lot of animals that depend on it, a lot of browsers that Mm -hmm. feed on the leaves, giraffes. Elephants just knock them down, eat the whole thing. Um, <laughs> wow. So, um, so we're in the tropics. We've got a kind of a grassland savanna ecosystem and we're, we're in the tropical zone. So we don't have four seasons anymore. We've kind of got this wet, dry thing. Yeah. What was, what was the climate? What was the weather like this time of year? There? We were not in the rainy season, but uh, we did, you know, catch some thunderstorms. It's not like the dry season is going to be 100% dry, but um, it, it was just incredible. It was just so big and so vast. And you've just never seen so much wildlife. Hmm. You know, when you're seeing more elephants in an hour than I see squirrels in Moscow, it's, it's just... Incredible. Incredible. Ah, oh, glorious. You know, whole herds of elephant where you have, you know, lots of females and a few young elephants and it's just incredible we filmed lion uh, prides of lion sometimes solitary sometimes one or two three and it was um it was quite <laughs> memorable because you know these aren't tame lions right they're used to safari vehicles right driving up to them and so they're acclimated to you and the but you're in a Toyota Land Cruiser with a canopy. That's it. I mean, just to keep the sun off you, but it's open. I mean, it's entirely open. And if the lion just has a change of heart <laughs> in the wrong way, I think I, mean, I can get through that opening. Oh, that guy looks tasty the, enough. It's not even. It's it's <laughs> very. It's very easy for them to just come sauntering up to your vehicle and grab you right out. Hmm. If you, if they wanted to. Right. Now, it's not like this big act of courage that we're doing this. Right. These, um, these drivers know the lions, lions know them. They know how to read the lion's body language and know when it's just time to, hey, this, this lion just doesn't look happy about us being around and we'll drive off. But, you know, we, we would drive up and get pretty close sometimes the pride would be walking they're they're on a hunt and they're just cruising along at a slow walk you know moms and teenagers and i mean the the teenagers are well teenager i say figuratively right but young how long do they take to mature i'm I'm not sure but these were like three-quarter size gotcha almost full-grown yeah lined lions that we're in the pride and they're walking along and we're parked to film right in the middle of their, where they're going. And they just sort of wrap around the vehicle like uh, a river (laughs) and they're just walking right next to the rig. And you're just hoping, I hope none of those lions are wondering what a human Twinkie tastes like. Yeah. Because they're on a hunt and they're hungry. Right. You know, and here's, here is game that's easy, easy catch, you know, an easy catch. 
one of the most amazing <laughs> things to me in, in just trying to conceive of what you saw firsthand, I'm always amazed at watching footage or hearing uh, a, a just conversation about these massive animals. And I, it, in my mind, I see this, I see this expanse and just different large vertebrates all over the place. Oh, man. And they can see each other. And so the prey and predator relationships are incredibly fascinating to me. Yeah, they're, they're, you know, they see these lions off in the distance, but because the lions have to get very, very close to have a successful ambush. Yeah. They can sprint fast, but, and even the cheetah, which got a faster sprint, has to get, you know, 30 yards, ideally, um, yeah. before they start the sprint because these antelopes can do a sustained 50 miles an hour or whatever, and the cheetah will get exhausted right. in a, if they don't, if they're not successful in the first, you know, how, in that first bit, pe- yeah, that yep. first bit, then they're, they're going to, uh, fatigue, slow down and the, the gazelles just float off. What did you observe? What did you see in lions uh, that was that maybe you hadn't hadn't heard of or seen before in a, in a documentary? Any anything in particular anything. that stood out to you about the lions? Whether it's their how their pride interacts or or an individual or anything especially um, noteworthy. You know, I didn't. The main thing was just being there. I'd seen countless pictures. I've seen documentaries of lions but when you're that's from your the comfort of your living room watching and you know high high resolution footage yeah you know but when you're sitting in a rig you know and they're right there yeah it's it's a totally different thing it's not like i'm gaining i'm sure there's some facts i gained but it was mostly just the experience experience of just so many, I've lived in Moscow, you know, most of my life and I, there's cougars here. There's cougars on Moscow mountain and right. they actually uh, wander through Moscow looking for easy prey, maybe cats and things like that. I've, and some people have seen them, but I've never seen a cougar. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Neither have I. <laughs> and they're here. Um, right. They're very wary. They're very secretive. and. You know, in the savannah, even though the lions are pretty camouflaged, they're tawny colored, they really blend in with the, the grasses that they're surrounded with. They're still, you know, it wasn't hard to find them. There's, there's this network of safari drivers that I think they inform each other. There's a, there's a lion over, or there's a pride over here. Yeah. Over and at the various, corner of Six yeah, and Jackson. Yeah, and everybody converges, or not everybody, but another vehicle. It's not like it's a big traffic jam, but there's other safaris, and they they uh, help each other out. And so it was it was not unusual to to see several groups of lions in day. But yeah, big cats in big, the f- big cats. in the flesh, right outside your rig, and they're looking at you. Yeah, you know, you go. <clears throat> Or something like that, and they look at you. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I've affected that Oops. lion's life in some <laughs> way. They they noticed. I hope it doesn't affect my life. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so um, that's neat. And what other predators? 
Uh, did you yeah, the, get Yeah, Ambicelli, one morning, we, we headed out pretty early and we saw a lioness with her wildebeest kill. Wow. And she was defending it from about 11 hyenas, spotted hyenas. And, you know, I, I knew- Evidence of the fall. Yeah, hyenas. evidence, yes. But what's interesting, a lot of people, the, the general stereotype of hyenas is that they're scavengers, and they are. But if you figure out the percentage of their own kill versus scavenging, over 50%, they do the killing. Oh, wow. In fact, they may even out outdo lions on that. So there's some um, back, and, back and forth. There's some back and forth where yeah. the lions, you know, because they're the the big they they can take a kill over if they've have got a few lions together. They can chase a hyena off of their hard earned prey, right? And they get to much. And we think of the lion as the noble beast. Now, in a lot of ways, the the nobility is there because they do kill their prey. I mean, it's all the fall, but you can put things on a scale. Right. right. And uh, lions are just more merciful in their killing. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. They, generally speaking, there's always exceptions, but generally speaking, the lions will grab their prey and break their, the, their prey's neck and strangle it. So it's, it's dead before they set in hmm. on the meal. Hyenas, not so. They they can tear it up and begin feeding before At the, the animals die. Oof. You know, they're disemboweled before the animal dies. And so, you know, I, there is a nobility there yeah. uh, with an the lion. And, uh, hmm. But to saddle the hyena with just the label of scavenger yeah. wouldn't be... Wouldn't be fair. Because yeah. um, lions often scavenge. I don't know what the exact percentage is. And it probably varies from place to place, but lions will often. No, that's an take, interesting point. Take prey from cheetah, take prey from hyena. And um, it's like, well, you know, this is a fallen world just because this, this dude looks cooler and better and more <laughs> handsome and more noble. I mean, there's a it's lot a of really, people that are very, point. you know, you see people that look striking and handsome and they're just evil. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then there's, you know, uh, ugly people that are, that are not, you yeah. know, so looks can be deceiving. Now, I think hyenas, there's a lot of ick to them. Um, <laughs> but, you know. Oh, they're, they're so weird. They're they are weird. weird and they, they. Um, you saw a lot of hyenas. We saw a lot of hyenas. Yeah. And they, they can really, you know, the big cats have to go after their prey in a sprint ambush but hyenas can just uh, in a in a long endurance run just run their prey down because they can run for a real long time with their sloping back and the the way they're built they can just lope along uh, like a marathoner wow and when you've got you've got enough hyenas that do that they can just run their prey down to exhaustion and then take them now, what was interesting about this one lion that was feeding on the wildebeest, holding off 11 hyenas, that's hard to do. Oh, my. Usually the hyenas. This is a lioness? Yes. A lioness 
generally speaking, can't can't defend her prey single handedly. Her the carcass. So, and usually a, a gang of hyenas that big can chase the lioness off or kill the lioness. I mean, literally, they they will sometimes kill a lone lion if they're uh, attempting to defend their kill. And um, she successfully held them off single-handedly. That's incredible. And she had actually wounded one of them. We we were filming from, I don't know, 50 yards and uh, about 10 yards away, there was a wounded hyena licking his wounds uh, from that lioness who had wow. given it what for, I don't know, it was a male or female, but as far as the hyena goes. But then after she successfully did that, she, she um, had her fill and she was actually calling for her pride to help her out. It's like, hey, come on, guys. You know, I'm trying to hold this kill off by myself. And her pride wasn't forthcoming. So she would turn and vocalize in some way. And- mm-hmm. She was calling them in, wow. but they weren't coming. Finally, she just did it herself and fended, just held him at bay, ate what she wanted, and walked off. Then the hyenas came and piled onto the carcass. And then the- um, She went home and gave them a well, strong then exhortation. She, well, she walked off. She walked off and, and hit the, the dirt road in front of us and started wandering down the dirt road. And then a little bit later, as we were following her, a couple cubs popped out of the bush her cubs. And then she wandered off the, the road and um, groomed them and nursed them. And oh, that's just, so amazing. It was just it's quite the contrast between this fierce lioness holding off 11 hyenas and succeeding and then going off and being this warm, loving, tender mom. Wow. Right after that. And then the, the pride, the rest or some of the pride that she was calling they finally show up. So we, when we went back to the kill, a couple lions uh, showed up and chased the hyenas off again and then fed themselves. But they were a little late. <laughs> she had to just like, okay, I'm done. Guys, take your time. So we've got, so we've got lions and hyenas. I can, I, can see, I can see tall grass and acacia trees in, uh, scattered around. We've got Giraffes and and you said this was a wildebeest. This kill, or? yeah, it was a wildebeest. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, other, they, yeah. Are there are there other um, other predators at that level um, that are involved on in a kill like that, or is that is that primarily the hyenas and the lions? Well, I mean, you know, the the other cat. Well, there's a couple other cats there. The um, the leopard. We did film the leopard. Um, we've and the cheetah. And they're incredibly stealthy, they're, from yes. what I understand, leopards. And um, so there's overlap, obviously, in prey. But they're not going to interact on a kill site that, with a lion, a leopard, or a cheetah. They're kind of... You know, you know a cheetah or a leopards, I don't... Not that I know of. Yeah. Is, they're not going to take on a lion. So we have three, say, hey. We have three big cats in the now, same ecosystem here. Right. But the lion's going to chase... A leopard or a cheetah off their prey, but not okay. the, not the other way around. Gotcha. So the lion can be a bully. Okay. You no, know, because they sleep, you know, twenty hours 
a day. <laughs> they're they're lazy. Their nobility yeah, yeah. is definitely being washed away here. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm I'm not trying to paint uh, the no, fallen world. Good. Fallen right. world, uh, right. and it's just because they're good looking doesn't mean they get a pass. That's right. Exactly. So, and and then then an incredible diversity of of kind of larger game or or herbivore species. Oh yeah, quite. You know, all my life, I've as a kid, I was very fascinated with the African grassland ecosystems. Yeah, I was. I watched nature shows back when I was a kid, and I remember when I was, I think eight eight years old, I got this African animals, you know, coffee table book that my parents bought me, and so I was familiar with a lot of them, but I really didn't have the antelope sorted out, you know, as far as ID. Mm -hmm. It's like, I I could tell them apart visually in the sense of, I know that one looks different than that one. It's kind of like if you know a big family, well, like even your kids will. I know that there's a bunch of boys boys, (laughs) and I generally get the names hooked to the right boy, but not always. And I was the same way with the antelopes. I just, I know the wildebeest because that's very distinct. But then there's the the Tom, Thompson gazelles and Grant's gazelles and and we had the topi and there's a, a number of them and they're very you know you can tell them apart but I didn't have the names right you yeah know, I didn't have them really hooked and so this was really satisfying for me as a naturalist being able to go okay and the guide saying okay this is how you tell them apart and this is, these are the hallmark features these are the field characteristics of this kind of gazelle and this yeah. how you the grant's gazelle yes they can have a little black on the sides like the thompson gazelle but this is how you tell them apart and blah 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 and it was just really satisfying to learn the distinctive characteristics of all the antelope yeah and those side-by-side comparisons too i'm sure really yeah it was yeah it was some side-by-side yeah fantastic well this is a fabulous introduction to your trip to Africa. It was, it was wonderful. Maybe to finish off here, any, any especially interesting uh, creature, just kind of dangle one, dangle one out for us that you had a especially interesting uh, experience with. Well, you know, I'll go ahead and tell you this interesting experience. We were in Lycipia up in central Kenya, up at the 6,000 feet. And we came to a crash of rhinos. A crash of rhinos is, you know, different groups have different names. Herd, pride. Well, a group of rhinos is a crash. <laughs> Very appropriate. We came to a crash of four white rhinos and we were filming them on the right side of our vehicle. And then they, they got up and wandered over in front of us and to the, on the left side. And I don't know if all of them were lying down, but one of them was lying down and they were what, my guess, 30 yards off and um, maybe, maybe closer. And my son, Dane, one of the guides had said, oh, look what's over here. And Dane was looking, had his camera pointed the other way and turned around and saw giraffes on the left side behind, I think, behind the rhinos. So Dane said, oh, giraffe, you know, not very loud at all, but it was just a little bit louder than voice, regular talking voice. And 
one of the rhinos that was sort of resting and sleeping, that that giraffe, an exclamation giraffe, just a little startled. And the rhino just jumped up and looked at us and charged. <laughs> now, this oh, is a full-grown white rhino. It's a battering ram. It's a battering ram, and they can easily knock a Toyota Land Cruiser over. I mean, they, and this is a big vehicle. And it, I was on the left side of the vehicle, so, it, and it was coming right at me pretty much. And I, you know, whoa, 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 meaning, you know, whoa, whoa, not stop, stop, but whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, <laughs> well, I don't know what else to say. This, this is a rhino this charging is, me. This is like, <laughs> but the driver, you know, immediately knew what was going on because he's not just sitting there playing, you know, some video game on his cell phone. He's, he's watching what we're watching. Yeah. So he saw the charge right away and he got it in gear. I don't know if we were parked and stopped or with the engine off or if we were idling, but whatever the case, he got it going and got it in gear and started to pull off. But not, I mean, we are on a road, but on dirt road. And uh, he got it going, but the rhino was full speed at us. And he got it going, going, going. And we were all like, it was quite the commotion in the rig. You know, James Engerbretson's trying to film and my knee is getting in the way because I'm trying to get out of my seat as the rhino's charging because he's going to T-bone us on my side, you know. And... Godfrey, the Maasai driver, just pulls ahead, and um, Alec Ingebretson, cameraman in the back, you know, I didn't know how close it came, but Alec said it got within two feet of us. It was that's a big ju- It was just about to hit us when it, we just pulled away from it, uh, and it was veering towards us because as we were pulling, it was going to T-bone us, and as we were pulling. Ahead, it was veering towards us, and it got within two feet of colliding with our rig, and it would have been a bad. It would have been so you pulled you pulled away, and then it kind of kind of and then it sauntered down to it. Just kind of slowed down once we pulled away and stopped. But if we had gotten hit, there was a a very easy possibility we would have been flipped over and dumped out because. We're in an open vehicle, so, or it would have hit our vehicle so hard that we got, would have rattled out of our, you know, thrown out of the thing, even if he didn't flip us. Yeah. And so, I'm very grateful that we, we pulled away just in time. So, watch your, watch your mouth around the rhinos. Yeah. Uh, And it wasn't that, I mean, it wasn't like he did anything wrong. He just said giraffe a little bit louder than normal. And it was just a very grumpy rhino. How uh, how many rhinos were there? Four. And they were just kind of loafing about. Loafing as a about, yeah, yeah. And they don't have very good eyesight, but they they are big. And it was like a locomotive coming right at. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, this was definitely there. notes from the field. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, really. No, this is fantastic, fantastic stuff. And that's uh, it's a real blessing to be able to to talk to you about some really kind of life lifetime trip uh, uh, outstanding yeah. observations and uh, 
Yeah, look forward to more of it. All right. Thanks, All right. Thanks, thanks Gordon. Gordon. We'll see you see next time. <laughs>